everybody. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the show. This episode is special to me for so many reasons. The first is that I love and am obsessed with Stephanie. I have known her since before she transitioned into the podcast management space. And she's so kind, caring, incredibly smart. We have the best conversations about Louisiana versus Alaska weather and culture. She's just such a blast to be around, but she also happens to be an extremely talented podcast manager. She works with some amazing people in the industry and just does such an incredible job producing, managing, and providing strategy for all things podcast management. I've been lucky enough to see behind the scenes of Stephanie's business and her work. And I know she teases about it in the episode, but her ClickUp templates, her processes, they are so impressive. And my systems brain really nerds out on those things. I know if you follow her, when she brings those things to market and makes them available for other people who have podcasts, I will definitely be first in line to purchase those things. Now, for those of you who don't know Stephanie, she's the CEO of a podcast production agency that works primarily with female coaches, consultants, and course creators to help them launch their podcast and provide ongoing management services with a knack for project management, organization, and design. Stephanie found her calling when one of her virtual assistant clients wanted to start a podcast. Thanks to Google and YouTube, Stephanie started her biz from home and has grown into a small agency that now serves clients across the United States. Stephanie and her team work behind the scenes to make sure their clients' podcasts are released into the world every week without a hitch, saving their clients' time and frustration while helping them to connect with their audience and establish themselves as the expert in their fields. She believes that podcasting is one of the best ways coaches and consultants can showcase their expertise and bring in new clients and customers to their business. Away from work, Stephanie enjoys spending time outdoors with her two boys, enjoying a glass of wine on the back porch with her hubby, or snuggling up with a warm coffee and a good book. I can't wait to hear what you guys think of this episode. Now onto the show. Welcome, Stephanie, to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Julie, this is going to be so fun. I have been looking forward to this, and I know people are going to really get a lot of great info and tips in this episode about podcasting and podcast management and everything that comes along with it. Good. I'm super excited. That's um, that's all I do nowadays. So I'm excited and um, yeah, ready to talk. Now we have known each other in this space for a really long time. Like it feels like a lifetime because pretty much since I've had my business, not that long after, I feel like we connected and came into each other's universe. So could you tell people your journey in the online space and then what it is that you do now? Yes. Everything is um, amplified when you're on the online space, like six months is four years, you know, a year is eight years. Like, so um, yeah, I actually got into the online space in January of 2018. So that seems like an eternity, even though I feel like, oh, I just started this little side biz a couple years ago, you know, or whatever, but no, it's been a long time. So I was on the online space in January of 2018, took a freelance course to be a virtual assistant. I had never heard of virtual assistants before. I didn't even know this space existed. I did not know about this crazy online space and, you know, what it was. So 
that's when I started. I did a lot of random VA work whenever I started out. I was doing some email marketing, website design, graphics, um, I mean, calendar management, pretty much everything. I was kind of, you know, as they say, the Jill of all trades. So that's what I did in the beginning. It was um, kind of a long journey. I probably did that for about two years and I did it as a side, kind of as a side hustle. I was a realtor. I still actually have my real estate license. Um, I've been a realtor for eight years, but I was doing it a little bit as a side hustle in the beginning. And about two years in, I kind of was like, that was at the turning point that I pretty much said, I have to either do this full time or I need to stop doing it. It was, it was like, I just, I worked a lot, but I wasn't really getting paid very much money. And it was, you know, taking away time from my family. It was of course, taking away time from my other business. So I kind of came to that point of like, I have to try to decide what I'm going to do and niche down. And that's really when, um, one of my business coaches at the time, uh, we were having a meeting. She's like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I love everything. I want to do everything. And she said, you know, you have got to just decide on something and move forward and just know that you don't always have to do that. So that's actually when she said, what have you been doing for some of your clients? And I told her, and one of my clients at the time um, was starting a podcast. So I was helping her start her podcast as her BA. And she said, well, why don't you be a podcast manager? And I, at the time, had no idea what a podcast manager was, but that was kind of my time. Um, she really like pushed me to just put it out there, get it on the website, tell everyone I know that I'm a podcast manager. And it really just pushed me forward. And it was kind of a slow build, um, especially in the beginning. But I think that was the turning point to where I felt like, fine, I've made a decision and I'm ready to move forward and, you know, and, and move forward on something. And you didn't give up because I know that there were times when you probably thought, man, I don't know, like, is this the right choice? Should I really be doing this? Should I be building this business? And what do you think it was that kept you, kept your belief in moving forward with the podcast management business? Yeah. I mean, I really struggled with a little bit of that. I know that a lot of people do is that imposter syndrome of like, I can't call myself a podcast manager. I mean, I listen to podcasts all the time, but I didn't know how to like run one or do anything like that. And, and I thought I'm not good enough to only, you know, to run someone's podcast, like from that side. But when I have, when I really, she, you know, she helped me to look at it and break down the different tasks that were involved in it. And whenever I started doing that, I started really realizing that nobody's truly like total expert, right? Like you, there's always so much learning and so much growth that you can do in whatever you do. And I mean, I, I just Googled my way. I YouTubed and Googled my way into figuring out. And I just kept pushing forward because I was really at that turning point where I was like, I probably, you know, I feel like at the time I was working 40 hours a week. I probably was working, I don't know, 30 hours a week, but I was working 30 hours a week and making a thousand dollars a month. And it's just like, I knew that that wasn't sustainable. And, you know, one of the reasons I think that a lot of us start our business is for freedom, right? And so I was trying to get away from working nights and weekends, which is what I was doing in real estate. But when I started this job, that's what I was doing now. I was working nights and weekends and I would pick my kids up from school and I'd like, try to, you know, do some marketing still and try to like do other client work. And so um, that's when I just really had to make the decision to like truly move forward and push forward. And, um, you know, I had to get out there and and make something happen because it just, it, it was like, I couldn't keep doing what I was doing before, whatever I was doing before was not working. And so, you know, it's, that's when the coach really, she was like, she pushed me to try something new and to, to move forward with something new. Yeah. It's so important to have those people in our corner because so many times 
whether we're stuck or we're just spinning our wheels, just a few really thoughtful words from somebody outside of our own brain can make a huge difference in shifting our perspective and just giving us that new momentum to keep going and not give up. Truly. I mean, yeah, she was, I was like, what if I start podcast management and don't like it? And she's like, then you do something else. And I mean, that's such a simple thing. And I was like, oh, I guess I could do that. And I, and I didn't think of that at the time. Right. I remember somebody that I work with as a mentor, I had this story in my head because at the time it was a big narrative in the online community where people are like, I'm going to bring my husband home from work. Like I want to make enough that my husband doesn't have to go do whatever job he was doing every day. And so I had this, like, I was literally carrying this story and this guilt that I hadn't scaled my business enough to be able to do that. And my mentor said, would he even want to be home? And I was like, you know what? He would be miserable. And why that never occurred to me before somebody outside of me asked the question, I don't know, but it was, I still remember that thinking, wow, he would hate that. Like, why, why was I carrying all this guilt and these feelings of failure when it was like not even a goal that would be a fit for us or our family? Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things like you probably wouldn't want him home because you would probably kill him too. Right. But I mean, my husband, you know, <laughs> but um, it's kind of those things, you know, especially in the online space, I think it's easy for us to get, you know, and that's, as they always say, like the shiny object syndrome, like thinking like, gosh, she has this big business. She's a insert, you know, whatever she is here. She is doing her business this way. That's what I need to do. And, you know, I always like thought that, or I would see people and I was like, all she, she must just, she shows up everywhere. She must just work all the time. I don't want that, you know, but I think that we just have to remember like our business can be what we design it. And it doesn't have to be what everyone else says that it is, you know? And so it's like, just like you, you didn't have to bring your husband home. Like that didn't have to be what your end goal of your business was, you know? And I mean, I wanted, um, of course, to make good money, but I really wanted more time freedom because I was working nights and weekends. And that's when I wasn't able to see my family. And so my kids would go to school all day and then I would have to work at night and weekends. And that's, I just felt like I wasn't ever home. And so I wanted something different. So I think it's just being open to knowing that, you know, you can create your business the way that you want it to be. And especially as moms or anything, sometimes your business is going to be, you're going to be in a busy season. Sometimes you'll be in a slow season, but you know, that's kind of, um, I guess the joy of being an entrepreneur is being able to, you know, have that freedom and flexibility. Yeah, that's so powerful. So now working as a podcast manager, I know we're all really nosy and it's so interesting to hear, you know, people's morning routines and work routines. We would all love to know what do you do in an average day or an average week as a podcast manager? So this has changed a lot over the last, um, I guess, year and a half. But originally, and uh, one of the things that kind of drew me to podcast management was that it allowed me to do a lot of different things, which I always loved because I always felt like I was multi-passionate, right? I didn't want to be doing like only website design day in and day out every single day. But I loved being able to do some website design, some graphic design, some show notes, you know, some um, project management, some editing. That's what podcast management kind of allowed me to do is to be able to offer um, and to do a lot of different things during the day, but be able to offer it as one package to a certain person. So in the beginning, um, you know, most of my my days when I had two or three clients was spent you know, editing, doing people's show notes for the podcast. You don't realize what goes into the back end of a podcast until you're a podcast manager, right? I just thought that like, 
magically someone recorded a podcast and it just popped up on Apple Podcasts. Like how it did that, I don't know. But so until you got on the back end and I started doing it, but you know, the editing and what to listen for and and writing show notes and the point of show notes, right? You're not just writing to give like a synopsis and a, you know, a summary of what what was said, but like what are the points? What do you want the listener to get from it? And, you know, what is the main call to action that your uh, client is talking about in the episode? And so it also involves strategy, um, especially for podcast launching and anything like that. There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of marketing. Um, I do social media for my clients. So it's scheduling a lot of their social media posts that are related to the podcast. Um, it's a lot of graphics. So you're doing um, their graphics for Instagram and Instagram stories. You're putting together their headliners. Um, so there's that's kind of like the main gist of everything. And then also scheduling all of their guests, right? So like you coming on and inviting me to be on here, you're gathering up um, head, you know, their headshots, their bios, their social links, all of that information, getting all of that information from the guests, making sure everyone has everything that they need and, and sharing everything with the guests so that they can promote the show as well. And so there is a lot of things that go into kind of the back end of running a podcast, but in the beginning I was doing everything for, for my clients, you know, they would hire me, they would record their podcast and I did everything post-production. So once they recorded their podcast, they dropped it in a Google folder and they told me it was ready. And I took it from there, produced the entire episode, put it out everywhere and scheduled it. And, you know, that's all they knew. That's that's what we did. Um, now, as my business has transitioned a little bit, now I have a little bit more of an agency model. So I have a team that helps me do all of these different things um, for all of our clients. So now my time is spent more a little bit on the operations side, on the marketing and strategy side. Uh, I work a lot with the podcast launches. And then I still do um, some client management, some um, client communication and client management. I do have an account manager who handles a lot of that now, but that's kind of what my days consist of now. So now I'm not necessarily doing graphics and editing and those kind of things, but now, you know, I'm kind of more on the CEO running the business side. I love it. And having seen firsthand the back end of your business, I have to say, um, the way that you brought your background into all the things that you're interested in, including project management, it's really reflected in how well you run the inside of your business. And I imagine that you have clients that run the whole spectrum, right? Because there's a large amount of, of businesses that you support. But if somebody were to come in and maybe their systems weren't like a tight ship, they haven't quite figured out what they want to be doing. You're bringing those structures and those systems to them. So they don't have to track all the things that you just talked about. They literally still drop an episode, record it and drop it. And then you're taking care of all those other things in a very streamlined fashion. And so they don't have to worry about it. So when people hear all the things that are involved in a podcast, they're probably surprised unless they already have one of their own and know these things. But I, I want them to also not be intimidated because you're not saying you have to track all these things and have these systems in your business. That's a benefit of hiring somebody for it is that they're keeping track of all these things and making sure that all of the bits and pieces get done to make it a really smooth and easy experience for the business owner. Yeah. And I mean, I think that we have to remember, especially on the service provider side, a lot of our clients are visionaries, right? So 
they are great at coming up with ideas and the content and all of that. And like what they are great at is recording the podcast, right? But they don't need to be the ones that are on the back end doing the editing and keeping up with everything. We, um, and I'm, I'm a systems person. I'm like that Enneagram one type A perfectionist. So like I love systems and I love organization. Um, that's my love language. So that's what I love to do is to keep all of that organized for my clients. So that's what we really try to do, you know, as a full service podcast manager and as a business owner, you know, you can pick and choose what you want to do. Um, some people love, most of my clients, I'll have to admit, are like, I don't have any, I don't want to know how to edit a podcast. I don't want to do anything. I want to record it and send it to you. And then it will magically just pop up on Apple Podcasts week after week. And so that's what we do for them. Now, some clients, they enjoy maybe the social media piece of it. So they like to keep that in-house and they like to do that for themselves. Or, you know, if you wanted, if you loved the editing piece, you could keep the editing piece yourself if you're a business owner and have someone else maybe do the show notes and, you know, do the marketing and, the, and that side of it too. So, you know, you can, there's a lot of different ways that you can work with podcast manager or any service provider in that instance, but you still can keep what you want to do and then, you know, outsource the things that, as they say, don't bring you joy or that you shouldn't be doing. I think that's a really important point is that I try to help business owners just be really honest with who they are and what they need help with. Because we've talked about if somebody is, you know, they like to send really long boxers or they don't want to communicate that way at all. And they just want to send you messages in the DM and, you know, they like to work at 10 PM at night and, you know, those sorts of things. It's completely okay. However you want to work, but you have to be honest about those things and then communicate that when you're hiring, because you're going to find that perfect match for you, whatever your unique style is. But you just have to know that and communicate it because you don't want to be in a position where you get in a work relationship with somebody and those things haven't been discussed because you could really like each other and get along. But if your work styles don't match, then it's going to be really difficult to have a great working relationship. Yeah, I think that's important to remember that everybody is so different and, you know, upfront and, you know, kind of I'm sandwiched in the middle, right? So I am a contractor to my clients, but then I also have contractors that work for me. So I'm, I do get to see kind of both sides of it and to see how it works. But yeah, for the most part, I'm like, let me handle all of the setup. Let me handle taking care of all of that. And then they can, you know, they can do what they're good at. But I think that, you know, over time, I've really come to realize, you know, which clients are a better fit for us. Um, you know, in the beginning, I kind of took anybody and everybody on that I could because I just needed, you know, I needed clients, I needed the money, I wanted to grow my business. But now um, just realizing like, how important really truly working with aligned people is. And that has been like huge for the business to where, you know, most of the time now, Sometimes even before I get on a discovery call, I can know if that person's aligned with my values or, you know, how we work or anything like that. And, you know, I can say this just probably isn't a good fit for our team right now, you know, and and I don't feel like I could have done that a year ago. I was, you know, just trying to grow the business and bringing anybody on. But I realized and I've learned my lesson with bringing some not so ideal clients on of who I really wanted to work with. And I would say also when you're thinking about podcasts in general, if somebody has a podcast and they're looking to hire, the process of bringing on somebody who will enjoy your content. I mean, we all, 
if you're a podcast manager, I assume you like listening to podcasts in general, but if you bring on somebody who hates cats and you have a whole podcast about cats and they didn't know this, or they're just like, I'm just here, you know, to edit, eventually they're going to get so sick of your content. And every time they go to produce it, they're going to be like, here we go talking about the cats again. And so really knowing what you're going to talk about and communicating that too, I think will go a long way towards helping you find the right person. Yeah. And as a service provider, you know, as they always say, you should niche down, right? So like you should need whatever you decide to do. Like, you know, if I, like I went into podcast management and then, but now who I specialize in and who I work with, with is female coaches, consultants, and course creators, right? So all of my clients are using their podcasts as a way to drive leads for their business, establish themselves as the authority in their field. Like that's who I enjoy working with. And that's who I'm good working with. I'm not, I wouldn't want to work with someone who, even though I love maybe a crime podcast, like I wouldn't know the first thing about like how to edit those or what to include or not include or how to promote those. Like that's not, you know, what I'm good at. So I think it's just important to, just like you said, like if you are a super niched, um, you know, working with someone that is in that niche, that really knows that niche and that, like you said, enjoys that kind of content, that's who you want to work with, whether it be from, you know, the business owner looking for a um, someone to bring on as a contractor or a contractor, you know, working with a client. Um, it's just it's it's so important to be able to do something that like you're aligned with. And like you said, I mean, this is this is your job. So if you hate, you know, uh, there was a at a podcast conference a while back, it was a chameleon breeder. That would not be interesting to me. I don't think I could edit a podcast about chameleon breeding for an hour. But, you know, I love listening to business podcasts because that's that's my space. I listen to it anyway. So why not get paid to do something you listen to anyway? So, yeah, I think that's important to remember. It's so funny you said that. Did you know that we as a family have now become a snake family? And so we went to our first snake expo. We don't have snakes in Alaska. So it's very like... I think I'd feel different if I had, if I like went outside and I was going to step on one, that would not be enjoyable, but like in their little enclosures, they're just adorable. And so I was just thinking, I think I would love to edit a snake podcast. <laughs> I Julie is just totally off topic, just has the most fun. Every time I like see her Instagram, I'm like, she's a beekeeper. She's got moose walking around in her front yard. I mean, nobody, I know most of your listeners probably will not be Alaskan, you know, people. And it's so funny. Um, I live in Louisiana. So coming from the States, we do not experience anything like Julie has. She's always got something like totally fun. I'm like such a fun mom. So it's an Enneagram seven. (laughs) (laughs) I I was thinking once I learned more about the Enneagram and learned about the seven, I was like, a thousand percent all the way, but also really liking hobbies. Like in this online space, you can learn forever and not know all the things. The same thing about beekeeping. I think the same thing about reptiles in a way, because in that hobby, everybody has a different opinion. There's no just like one right answer and you figure it out and it's it, it's not black and white. And so anything like that, and I suspect that you have a similar because you love learning And it's like, if you find a field that you're interested in, you can't get enough of it. So I know that there's a huge range, as you were talking about, in prices for podcast management services. And just like you were talking about what different people are going to offer, right? So somebody might just do editing and they might just do show notes. There's 
ways that you can still have support in this area if you want to produce a podcast, but not have to outsource the entire thing, whether that's because of budget or just because of your interest in the different parts of podcasting. Can you speak a little bit about the range of what somebody could expect when they have a podcast and sort of how to think about maybe based on length of episode or um, frequency of episode, how they can know what they could expect perhaps um, when they're looking to hire for a podcast manager? Yeah. So one of the things, you know, I would think like in-house, depending on you as a business owner, a lot of my clients um, come in and I mean, think of you, if you are maybe someone who doesn't have a team, then you're probably going to want to hire somebody maybe who kind of does it all because you don't have any other help. Some people come in and they may only want one or two things. Like maybe you have a copywriter already, or you already have a graphic designer, you already have a social media person. So maybe your package is going to look a little bit different because you may only need editing. So if you have all of those people, you know, what one of my clients came to me before and she pretty much had all enough of her team that could handle the majority of it. She just needed help with editing, right? Well, now I don't only do editing, so it wasn't a great fit for me. But, you know, as a, a podcast major, I mean, you could, or, you know, as a business owner, I should say, you can hire only someone who does editing. And that might be somewhere, you know, depending on, um, most of the stuff's going to be kind of depending on the length of your episode. So if you think if you normally record a, maybe a 30 minute episode versus someone who records an hour episode, that's going to take a lot longer for show notes. It's going to take a lot longer for editing. Um, it may not take any longer for, you know, graphics and that kind of thing. But um, so that's going to be kind of dependent. Um, you can find people that will do hourly. That's what I started off doing in the beginning. I was working as a VA. So I was a, you know, quote, podcast VA for my client. And I was working hourly at the time, I think probably started around the $20 an hour range. Um, and if you can get someone on your team and train them to kind of do a lot of the tasks while maybe you still do some of it, you can do that. A lot of my clients have come in and they want a full service podcast manager that kind of does everything. And the difference is, is because they don't want to be the manager of all of the people, right? So they maybe don't want to have, they don't want to be the go-between. They don't want to have to bring and say, hey, editor, this is ready to edit. And then the editor's done. And then they have to say, okay, graphic designer, this is ready for graphics now. Okay, show notes writer, this is ready for show notes now. That means they're still managing the whole process, even though they have different team members doing it. And so a lot, several of my clients have come to me who maybe were breaking out um, a true podcast management package and having three or four different team members do it. And they just said, I just need someone that can do it from beginning to end that can just manage everything and keep track of it. So I think it really kind of de is dependent. Um, I would say, you know, if you're going to probably starting out, um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for like editing only, I would probably start out in the three to 400, depending on your, um, the length of your episode, you could expect three to $400 a month. Um, you know, up to, if you're going to get a little bit more experienced, you might be in the like six to $700 range, um, for someone who maybe adds on a few more things, maybe like editing and show notes. Then if you want to get like a full service podcast manager, I think most of those probably are going to be around the thousand dollar a month mark. Um, if you have someone that's maybe doing, you know, some of like what we do is we do guest management and podcast management. So that's going to be in the more like fifteen to two thousand dollar a month. You know, if you're doing a weekly episode. So if you're going to be doing two episodes a week, I mean, you know, sometimes it might be about double. It kind of depends on the length of 
um, the episode. But yeah, that would kind of give you I hope that it gives you enough of a range to kind of uh, think of, you know, what it would cost to be able to outsource podcast management. Yeah, I think that's a really good range because it talks about if you're just starting out all the way up to if you are just ready to have it totally off your plate, or if you want to start a podcast and know that once you add up all the team members and the time on the team to manage it, that it's really going to be cost-effective just to have one person do all the things and you don't have to think about it after you record your episode. I think that's totally true. I've actually had someone that started having her team. She was planning on doing her podcast launch herself and then wanted me to do the ongoing management afterwards. And once she started adding up what it would cost to have the team members, you know, do all of that, she was like, okay, never mind. You're like cheaper. I'm just going to go with you. Like, so I think, and you know, I mean, I guess, as I would say, I was more of the expert, right? Her team didn't really know, you know, they were new to that space. Now they could have figured it out, but it was just a much easier process for it to hand it off to someone and not have to worry about um, trying to kind of figure it all out in the beginning. And, you know, I know that we were kind of talking about from a entrepreneur's perspective, whether you want to, if you're thinking about launching a podcast, um, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. You know, you can totally DIY it. There are some great resources out there. Pat Flynn's a great resource. Mark Asquith's a great resource. There's some great podcasts there about it. I mean, you can definitely launch your own podcast. You just have to know that you're going to have to get your feet wet a little bit and, you know, get in there and learn how to do everything. Um, some people offer, um, one of the things that we've offered a few clients is kind of a done with you service. So this would be more of like an intensive of a, a VIP day where we can go in, help you set up the majority of it. Um, this is great for someone that needs help kind of setting everything up, but then might have an in-house team doing it, or they plan to do the podcast management themselves. So we kind of like get everyone set up for success, give you templates, show you how to do things. And then you go on to do the ongoing management. Um, most of our clients come in as full service. So they come in like total done for you. So we do the entire podcast launch setup and then provide ongoing management, you know, moving forward. So there's a bunch of different ways. So don't get, um, you know, and I know a lot of people get scared, especially when it comes to podcast launching. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts, but I mean, you can definitely do some of it yourself. You can, you know, there are people who do VIP days to kind of help you get started. And then, you know, you could totally outsource it too. I think you just have to look at who you have on your team and whether your team wants to do it, right? We know like how important it is. Um, don't just assume your team's going to want to like learn how to edit a podcast. They may like hate editing and they are excellent at graphic design. So you really just need to make sure that's something that your team would want to do as well. Really important point. And we've talked a little bit about you can identify now based on you know your initial research and probably the discovery form that somebody fills out before they meet with you, whether somebody could be a good fit for your services or not. I'm wondering if somebody is thinking about hiring a podcast manager and showing up, they want to show up and just be a really great client. They want to not start out annoying, even unintentionally, right? Because we're not like, we don't bring people on to then purposely annoy them. But what can somebody do to have what you need set up so that you can do a really amazing job? Yeah, I think as with anything, they, I mean, really just making sure that um, 
first of all, that you kind of have a plan beforehand. Like, what is the true thinking through the purpose of your podcast? What is the true purpose of your podcast? Why do you want to start the podcast? And then knowing, is this something I can truly commit to? So I usually tell, especially people who are kind of unsure or on the fence, I'm like, have you thought of at least 10 topics that you can talk about? Like, can you think of it like your first 10 episodes, right? And if they're not, like, they may not be ready, quite ready for a podcast, like really, truly thinking through that. And you have to remember, you know, that this is something, you know, um, people see success when podcasts, when they are consistent with podcasting. So in the beginning, it may sound fun and it may be like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. Well, you have to remember that week after week, you have to record podcasts. Some of my clients are great and they can batch. So don't think that you just have to record podcast episodes all the time, but there is more work that goes into than just sitting down in front of a microphone and recording. So are you, are you someone who can come up with great topics outline the topics and know what you want to talk about, what topics you want to cover. Do you enjoy interviewing people? You know, if you're going to have an interview show, do you enjoy writing content if you're going to have a solo episode? But I think the most important thing to remember is it's as a podcaster, you really have to just stay consistent. So this has to be something that you do week after week. I know one of uh, the people in the space, I actually listened to her podcast. It's a great one. She said she kept getting this bug to, you know, record a podcast. And she's like, I am not going to record a podcast unless I can promise myself that every single week I'll record a podcast episode for one year. You don't have to do it for a year. But she said, if I can make myself record, and I mean, at the time, she was like this fake podcast. She's like, if I can make myself record 30 minutes every single week for one year, then I'll launch a podcast because I know that I'll be consistent with it. And she did. And then she's used some of those, gone on to use those episodes for her podcast, you know, and then she was batched out for a year. So that was nice. But I think it's just really important to just remember um, to be consistent and also like know to ask questions when you have them, make sure you're upfront. I think, I mean, you know, we always talk about like boundaries and communication are so important. Um, you know, I love when my clients like ask me questions and, you know, to where I can fill them in, I'd rather them ask me a question so I can help them and point them in the right direction. Um, because ultimately if my pod, if my client's podcasts are not successful, then they're not going to see an ROI from it and they're not going to be able to pay me. Right. So when my clients are starting to get, it's easy to get that pod fade, um, kind of start fading away after a few months. So, you know, my goal is to just keep them like energized and excited and to keep them, you know, kind of planning because podcasting is a long-term game. It's not usually something that comes out of the gate and you just making $50 million, um, like <laughs> overnight success is definitely not like that in podcasting. So um, it's just a long-term game. You have to establish yourself as the expert in the field and connect with your audience and continually build your audience. Um, it's very important to remember that I think a lot of people think, you know, creating the, this podcast is where you need to spend all your time. But like they say with the 80-20 rule, you know, you should spend 20% of your time creating the content for an 80% of the time promoting it and really trying to get those um, those new listeners to listen to it. Because if you only have one or two listeners, it's probably not going to be successful. I love that. All of that is gold. And I, this back in the day, I used to manage podcasts for like six, eight months and I really enjoyed it, but I found that I loved listening more than the actual management of the thing. Um, but there was always talk when I met with clients about getting sponsorships and monetizing their podcast. And at least at the time, it was really that would have been a struggle. You had to have had a podcast for many years, been, like you said, really consistent in order to gain any type of those sponsorships that would even begin to 
pay for the time and energy investment that that person had created. I know there's more tools now and people are using, you know, they're promoting their own content or maybe affiliate relationships they have. And so there's some creative ways to think about that. But if somebody came to you and said, I'm creating a podcast because my goal is to monetize it in three months, I want this podcast to pay for itself. What would you say to that person? Yeah. I mean, actually, I was reading an article this morning how much podcast sponsorships are up this year and how much more people are paying um, to be sponsors on different podcasts, which is great right now. None of my clients um, in the coaching consulting um, course creation space use sponsors for their podcast, but that is definitely a route you can go. The important thing to remember there is um, it depends on what type of sponsor you have, but sometimes you will have to have certain number of downloads per week to be able to really have a good sponsor that kind of pays for itself. So for instance, you know, to, to have someone, if you have only a couple thousand downloads and they give you so much per download and you're only going to make $15, well, that's not really a great use of your time. It would, uh, you know, you don't want to have sponsors eating up your show um, the space on your show, which is when your clients, I mean, that's very important to your listener is that they are being aligned with sponsors that make sense, right? So from a from the people that I work with, really the number one way I say to monetize your show is to sell your own coaching, consulting, or course, right? Because like you are establishing yourself as the expert in the field to where people want to continue working with you, whether it's on a one-to-one, one-to-many, you know, however you do, that's definitely the best way. Another wonderful way, especially for someone in this space, is affiliate marketing and thinking of some of those brands and some of those people that are super aligned, complementary with your, um, you know, with your brand. So thinking of, you know, if you're someone that teaches email marketing, right, like having ConvertKit and having an affiliate link for ConvertKit makes total sense, you know. But, you know, having just some weight loss, um, somebody who's going to pay you $50 to, you know, do a weight loss supplement drink on a podcast that's talking about email marketing may not be something that's totally aligned. So you always have to think of your listener, right? Does this make sense from my listener's perspective? And is this a product that one, that you feel comfortable promoting because you're the face behind the podcast, right? So you have to be comfortable enough to promote that. But those are, I mean, some great ways. So I would say your own products, um, affiliate products are great. Um, You can also get some sponsors that would do, um, especially the more niche your podcast is, you can definitely get sponsors that are super aligned that even with smaller audiences, Um, If they feel like their brand really goes with your brand, then those are great. You can definitely reach out to them and form, you know, really close relationships and get them to come on as a sponsor as well. You have me hatching an idea for my snake podcast coming to fruition. (laughs) I love it. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) So I would be remiss in not talking a little bit about if somebody is listening to your story and they're thinking like, wow, this sounds exactly like what I've been wanting to do. Everything about it sounds really aligned. And I would like to try podcast management too. How would you recommend or what resources would you point them to to get started? Yeah, I mean, really thinking about like, you know, in in, in the beginning, like, is it something that you would enjoy to do some editing? So maybe practice a few editing, like watch a few. There's, I mean, YouTube, I always say like, go to YouTube, 
watch. I mean, like I had mentioned earlier, Pat Flynn has some great how to edit in GarageBand tutorials. Like go on there, maybe try editing a little bit, like maybe reaching out to some of your clients um, who do have a podcast and say, would you mind if I wrote the show notes for a few weeks? See if it's something that you might like, or, you know, you can always just take one of your favorite podcasters and write their show notes for them. Right. And, you know, kind of get that idea and see if you like to do that. If you like to do audiograms, um, I mean, you know, I would say that you probably want to be pretty organized. I mean, you know, you've managed podcasts before. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts and guests and all of that kind of stuff. If you are a totally unorganized person and you're just like a super creative, maybe it's not just the right fit for you. So I think truly thinking through like what your strengths are and what you enjoy and then trying out a few of those pieces to see if it's maybe something that you might kind of like getting your feet wet in. And then one, you can always reach out to other podcast managers and say, hey, would you mind if I edited? You have a few pieces of something that I could edit for you. You know, I've had people do that to me and I've gotten on calls with other podcast managers and, and you know, talked through like how we work and if, if it's something, you know, so they can really get a feel for if it's something that they might enjoy doing. But yeah, there's some great resources. I think like the most important thing, and I wish I would have done it sooner, is like just getting out there and trying it to see if it's something that you would enjoy. And if it's not, just know that you can always change. You can always do something different. But um, yeah, getting your feet wet, getting out there and actually, I guess, taking action as everyone always says. Would this be too behind the scenes to share that if people are interested in how you work, some of the templates you're using, the knowledge and education that you've accumulated and the amount of time you've been doing this, that if they stay in your sphere, follow you on Instagram, that they may see some really cool surprises coming up. Oh, she's giving away all my secrets. So now <laughs> she's, that's my accountability push there. But yeah, no, I have been meeting. I think it's really been pushing me in the direction. I've met with several podcast managers recently. I've done strategy calls with them, which has been super fun. So I've totally enjoyed doing that. It has also pushed me into a few little different things that are going to be coming out that I think would be great for people. You know, um, I think it's kind of one of those things. Sometimes they say these calls from the universe when people keep coming to you and they're like, Hey, you know, could you do this? And I'm, I love helping other people. And so, yes, I do have some fun things coming down the line. So definitely stay tuned and everything's going to be on my website. And I know you'll put everything in the show notes too. So I'll give you all the links for everything, but um, yeah, I've already talked to a few podcast managers, sent them a few templates and some fun, like things that I have coming up, um, little small mini trainings and stuff. So I think it would be super fun. I am so excited a thousand percent to be able to have those resources. And I know you love ClickUp as I do. <laughs> so yes. any resources for podcasters in ClickUp is something that's already speaking my love language. Yes, I have. Um, I've made my list of all of the ways, you know, to kind of whether it would be geared towards podcast managers, but then I have a lot of ways of podcasters too, because I've had other podcasters reach out who maybe are doing it themselves, but they're like, I don't know. I mean, they don't know how to do guest management. I'm like, let me, you know, and they've, some of them have hired me one off to like just set up their guest management process and then they handle everything else. But that's kind of what I've been putting together now is like a guest management process to where they could bring it in, set it up themselves, and then just take it and be able to run with it. I Anything to shortcut. I think that everybody needs a shortcut nowadays, you know? We do. And, you know, I build systems for a living. And there's sometimes for my own stuff where I just want to swipe file. I want to come in. And even if it's the bones of what I end up using, sometimes I like to always have my pulse on what other people are doing because 
I don't want to get caught up in just my own brain or my own way of doing things because there's some really amazing hive mind things that can happen when we're in other people's fears and we think in different ways. And I think that's what they always say. And that's why I've, you know, even followed um, some of my favorite people that I follow might be like a web designer. And I love to see the way she works with clients and the things she does. It's not the way exact way, of course, as a podcast manager would, but it gives you ideas of ways that I could improve my process with my clients. So I always think it's like awesome to follow people in different niches that do different things. And totally, I love seeing the way people work in um, their business and with their teams and what they do. I mean, that's, uh, I've literally learned and built my business pretty much from watching a bunch of random other people out there on the internet, you know, and, and seeing how they do it. And that's how I've built my business. I love it so much. I have a friend who nicknames me Google because I, if I go on podcasts or people ask, you know, how did you get started? I, I also, you know, invested in a course in the beginning, but the course is like how to grow your business or how to build this business. It doesn't teach you all those skills. And so it was, you know, how do you take a pen and get it onto Pinterest, Google, <laughs> YouTube, you know, just like looking those things up and watching some videos and figuring it out. Yes. A hundred percent. That's why I'm like, I, I, I'm like, you can Google and YouTube your way to figure out anything nowadays. Really? It's such a blessing. It's hard I don't to know imagine. what we would do without it. Yeah. <laughs> And it didn't exist. It's crazy. So now that we have given everybody a really juicy teaser about what is coming for you, and I think people are going to want to check out what you're doing online, um, on your website, in your social media, where is the best place for people to find you and to connect with you? Yeah. So I'm pretty much Stephanie Judice everywhere. So on Instagram, I'm at Stephanie Judice. On the my website is www.stephaniejudice.com. You can find me and connect with me on Facebook as Stephanie Judice. Yeah, pretty much all of the places. Uh, find me at Stephanie Judice. I'm always like super excited to hear, especially when someone reaches out after I've been on a podcast episode. That's always super fun. So reach out, say hello. Um, feel free to ask me any questions. I always am like happy to answer or point you in the right direction, send you a YouTube video. Um, I'm always happy to help. And just for people, because I know I have done this where it's going to be in the show notes, but Judice is J-U-D-I-C-E. Correct. Yes. So Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, Judice, J-U-D-I-C-E. Cause I know I've gone and like typed things in as I've been listening to podcasts. Cause I'm so excited. Like I don't, I just want to bypass and go right to their site. So <laughs> in case yes, you're that yes. person, <laughs> I know. And pretty much everybody always butchers my last name, but that's how you say it. Judice. I think mm -hmm. that every, you know, everyone in the, in Louisiana pretty much knows we have a huge family, so they know how to say it, but anybody else, um, yeah, pretty much butchers it. So, <laughs> well, I'm wondering, is there anything else that you feel really called to share with the audience or anybody who is looking to either start a podcast or in the beginning stages of hiring a podcast manager? Yeah, I think just really thinking through, you know, what is your ultimate goal of the podcast and and what do you want to do and how can you set yourself up for success? And just knowing that, you know, in the beginning, maybe you DIY it and you get your feet dirty and you kind of do it and know that you can always change. And just with a podcast, I tell my clients this all the time. They're always... I think a lot of them get caught up on, should I do a solo? Should I do an interview? How long should my episodes be? What should I talk about? Should, what should my topics be? And always know that everything can be changed. I'm like, you can totally start out with an interview podcast. And if it just 
isn't resonating with your audience, you can switch it to solo only, or you can add some solo episodes in there. And, you know, if you, um, I think the important thing to do is asking your audience, like seeing what, how they feel, what, you know, getting them super involved and really making that connection um, with them is going to be, you know, the best bet for really having like a great podcast community that just has to listen to you week after week after week. I always tell my clients, like just constantly, you know, get them involved, get them excited, ask them what they want to hear, ask them, you know, if they like the length of the episodes, ask them what topics they want to hear, because your point of a podcaster is to provide value to your listeners. So bringing on guests that provide that kind of value, you know, how, how can you bring value to them? And how can you bring on guests that can bring value to them as well? And just always, you know, I guess it's that value, value first approach, just always thinking about your listener and wanting to connect with them. I love that. I'm obsessed. And in that vein, thank you for coming to share with my audience the immense value of all the things podcasting and just your generous and kind spirit and your inspiring story because there's so much inspiration in your journey and in also not giving up. I think you could have easily just said this VA thing didn't work and I'm done, but it was like that moving forward and and continuing to make progress, even when things were hard or when things were going slow, that brought you to a place today that I would say is really making a huge impact in so many people's lives. Oh, Julie, this was so fun. Thank you so much. I mean, what kind words to end on. So I really do appreciate that. I love this. I'm super excited for the podcast. And I'm just excited to see your business continue to grow. You're always my number one person for all things team and systems and everything. So um, no, this was super fun today. I love that so much. And, you know, I will see you on the Voxer. Sounds good. Thanks, Julie.